We're looking at some prime extension candidates for the Twins on today's episode of Locked On Twins. You are Locked On Twins. Your daily Minnesota Twins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. And welcome to the Lockdown Minnesota Twins podcast. Today is Tuesday, January 18th, and I'm your gracious host, Nash Walker. Getting to that point of the offseason, a little bit different with the lockout, but getting to that point of the offseason where you can smell baseball. Baseball right around the corner. We're getting closer to the Super Bowl. As soon as the Super Bowl ends, it's baseball season for a lot of us. The Wild are still playing. The Wild are good. Check out Lockdown Wild. Seth Topol. Timberwolves are still playing. They're tons of fun. Ben Beacon has you covered at Lockdown T-Wolves. And then the Vikings have so much going on with a GM search, with a head coach search, with decisions to make on Kirk Cousins and Adam Thielen and Eric Kendrick, whoever. Check out Lockdown Vikings with Luke Braun. He's amazing. The whole network is amazing. And at really interesting points of the team cycles. And I like to think the Twins are too. I like to think I'm part of that group, but I definitely know they are. And today I want to talk about extension candidates for the Twins. This is a hot topic every single season, extension candidates, because we've seen the Twins do it. We've seen the Twins have success with it. We've seen the Twins middle with it. We've seen the Twins maybe make some mistakes in this regard by not extending certain players earlier. Uh, It's a good time to talk about it as we look towards spring training, and I don't think it's been covered a whole lot who could potentially be extended. And there are some prime candidates. I'm also going to use today to describe a little bit about how the process works because I think people get confused about extensions in baseball, especially. Uh, The NFL is super tricky for me, like with salary caps and everything. There's like dead money or salary. There's a lot going on there. Baseball also can be confusing. Baseball can be kind of muddied. Like it's it can be murky. So I want to explain that today for those who don't know. And if you already do know, this will just be a refresher for you, and, and we can talk a little bit about how it works and what how using how it works to, to define what an extension candidate looks like because you could make an argument for anybody on the Twins roster to be extended. It doesn't matter how many years of team control they have left, but we're going to look at the Twins roster. We're going to look at who's kind of an impending free agent, who's not much of a, an impending free agent. Uh, team control on top prospects. We're going to talk about all that today. And then it'll bring me to my three prime extension candidates. I wrote about all three at twinsdata.com. The Luis Arise piece is out. We have some great conversation on it. Also with a video there talking about Luis Arise and whether I think he should be extended. We'll talk about him a little bit today, but I go deeper on Luis Arise at twinsdata.com and in that video. And then we have Two more coming out. So keep an eye at twinsdaily.com in depth with numbers for a potential extension for two more prime extension candidates we'll talk about today. But again, I think anybody, and I'll explain why I think anybody is an extension candidate outside of uh, Byron Buxton, I would say, (laughs) is the one because he already got his extension. Um, But it is a good time to talk about it too because we just got the Buxton extension. And it's interesting to look at him, to look at Jose Barrios and his extension with Toronto and kind of describe the situation and what the twins have kind of seen happen over the last couple of years and describe how it works in baseball, how this front office has gone about extensions, how they've gone about team control and how they view it and quotes on team control. This to me, it might be really boring to you. I'm going to try to make it exciting or at least make it interesting. To me, this is super, super 
interesting. Like, I think the concept of team control and how quickly it wanes, and it's kind of just a microcosm of time, right? Time goes fast, but team control goes so fast. All of a sudden guys are free agents and you look back and you say, whoa, they just had four years left of team control. Then you add in the COVID season, took a full year of service time, full year of team control. And that made it even quicker. It felt like, cause that was such a short season. When we talk about team control. I'm not an advocate for the current system. I'm not advocating for it. I'm just going to explain how it works now and how it could be changed in the CBA. And we'll, we'll explain that if it is changed, it doesn't seem like they're very close uh, on anything in the CBA, but we'll explain that. It's a huge talking point for that too. So I think this is, this is really good to discuss today. I think it's a really timely discussion about team control, about service time, about money, about the economics of the game. And I have been asked before to get into the nitty gritty a little bit more uh, and describe the process. Cause again, I do think it's confusing. It can be really confusing and people get confused about extensions. And like I brought up a Louis Sarai's extension I talked about and the responses and the comments to some of those were maybe not fully understanding team control, not fully understanding the arbitration process. And I want to describe a little bit of that today. So we will, and I want to jump into that. I want to talk about that process. So when a player is drafted, let's use Royce Lewis. Royce Lewis will be our example. Royce Lewis is drafted first overall in 2017. He signs his big time bonus. Uh, he gets that money up front. I think it was $7 million. So the Twins pay him that signing bonus right up front for just being the number one pick. He signed for $7 million. That's pocketed money. He made that money. Byron Buxton made a ton of money um, you know, as a top three pick back in the day too. So players will make their signing bonus. A lot of guys don't make a huge signing bonus. Matt Cantorino, we talked to a couple weeks ago. I think he signed for $1.1 million, which is great money. It's It goes in order of draft, right? And that's kind of the case for every sport, I guess, is your signing bonus. But you sign that bonus. Usually you go to the minors, right? You go to single A or you go to double A or wherever you go. And you're making the minor league salary in the minors. When you get called up to the majors, it starts that service time clock. And we know about the service time clock. So when we talk about service time manipulation, every single day counts as a day in the majors of service time. So for Alex Kirilov, when that was a huge question last offseason, it's been a big question for like Jared Kalanick and other guys, I think Julio Rodriguez and um, you know other players, service time manipulation, as soon as they're called up, that clock starts. And if you call a player up in May, if you call him up like May 15th, that service time clock starts, but that season doesn't count for a year of service. And every player has six years of team control once that clock starts. Luis Arise, good example of this, actually. In 2019, he's called up in May. Luis Arise was called up in May of 2019, played out the rest of the season with the Twins, was awesome for them. He didn't have his first full year of team control until 2020. So that was year one. This last summer was year two. So Luis Arise has four years left out of six of team control before he's a free agent, which is after the 2024 season, or after the 2025 season, excuse me, it's 2022, 2023, 2024, 2025, until he's a free agent. Uh, And then he will be free to sign with any team. Let's talk a little bit more about this and what it means for CBA negotiations a little bit, and what it means most importantly for the Twins. After this word from Built Bar, it's the new year, so that means New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Built Bar in your plan. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, maybe even better than a candy bar. Built Bar makes it easier to stick to your resolution because it tastes so good, you'll want to eat it. Unlike other protein bars, which can be chalky or waxy or taste like a chemical spill. 
you want to eat healthy, but it just gets so boring by like week three, you might be thinking this is just not worth it. Where's the chocolate? Let me introduce you to Built Bar. You can go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. They're delicious. They're healthy. Go to Built.com, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 for 15% off your order. Thank you for making Lockdown Twins your first listen every day. We're free and available on all podcast platforms. Talking about service time. So we know a player, once their clock starts, six years of team control at the major league level. So how does salaries work and why is it a problem in the CBA? For the first three years, they make the league minimum, which is like 600000 So that's why teams value prospects so much in trades. That's why it's such a big deal if you get top prospects back, like Austin Martin or Simeon Woods Richardson. Because if Austin Martin is a great player for the Twins right away in his first three seasons, he's only making 600000 And the Twins have $125, $130 million payroll, and one of their best players is making 600000 That's called a value surplus on your roster, right? You're getting so much value for Austin Martin, or you're getting so much value for Juan Soto of the Nationals. Juan Soto getting paid 600000 playing at an MVP level is the definition of like the best value in the game. So that's why it's valued so much. After those three seasons, so Luis Arise made the league minimum in year one in 2020. In year two in year in 2021, made the league minimum. Luis Arise is a super two player, though, which is another caveat because he had so much playing time in 2019. He qualifies as a super two player. He made the cutoff as a super two player because he played for much of 2019. So he doesn't get an extra or a year less of team control. He just goes into the arbitration process earlier. So Luis Arise is now arbitration eligible a year prior to when he would be usually. So those three seasons go by of six seasons of team control. And then for most players, they get into the arbitration process, which is we bring a number to the team. The team brings a number to us. You negotiate what you think you should be paid in your first year of arbitration. Those numbers, it should be known, are super conservative. So Mitch Garver is in his second year of arbitration. Mitch Garver, I mean, his value can be debated, but is at least at least a $12 million player. But he's only going to make about $3 million in his second year of arbitration. He made $2 million, I think, last year. So those numbers are super conservative. Again, why it's such a big deal to have top prospects, why it's such a big deal to have a good farm system is because you get surplus not only in those first three years, but in the three arbitration years as well. Uh, Mookie Betts, I think, set the record the year he was traded to the Dodgers in his third year of arbitration, and I think he made like $25 million. Mookie Betts is, you know, he signed for 30 million a year, and that was a record to make $25 million. He was an MVP in 2018. So it just shows you how conservative the system is, and this is a main problem in the CBA talks. This is a major problem. The MOPPA wants to not only raise the minimum for the first three years to like, I don't know, 700, 800,000 instead of 500, 600,000. There have been discussions of taking off a whole year of service. So having five years instead of six. And both these things would lower the value of a prospect over a veteran. And I think it's all about just pumping more money in for the players. But for the league and the owners, it's a it's a great deal for them to be able to say, hey, you know, we only have to pay. Juan Soto, $600,000 in an MVP level season. What a great system for them. And the Nats have six years of team control on Juan Soto. And what that allows a team to do is like Jorge Polanco and Max Kepler, who each I think had three or four years left of team control. 
it allows a team to leverage a player and for owners to leverage a player because they say, hey, listen, Max, you got three years left before you're even a free agent. You don't know how those three years are going to go. We'll give you an extension. I think it was a five-year extension. We'll extend you beyond those three years so we get more team control, but we'll guarantee you money. We'll guarantee you that money in the contract. And for players, it's great. They get to secure money they may not have made in arbitration or free agency. You know, players get that certainty. What if they get hurt in their arbitration years and then they get to free agency and they don't get paid what they thought they'd get paid? So they can secure that money. And then for the team, it's an amazing value. Again, if you have a guy like Jorge Polanco who's making $5 million this year and he's the team MVP, there's that value surplus we're talking about again. So for teams, it's a great deal for them to extend players 99.9% of the time, especially when they have multiple years of team control. So when we talk about Luis Arise having four years left until he's a free agent, it's not urgent. That takes him through his age 28 season, but it's always important to talk about because in this current system, the Twins, by extending Luis Arise, let's say a seven or an eight-year extension, they're almost guaranteed, and there is some risk, especially with the rise, more so than other 24-year-olds who hit 313 in their first couple of seasons. There's risk with him, but the odds are so high that that you will make value on that contract, especially with inflation, with, with the value of the dollar going to, like all those things bake into this equation that usually comes out on the team-friendly side during extensions. Let's talk more about that after this word from bet online bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports it's nfl playoff season it's playoff season baby it's time to go play at betonline.ag you get a 50 percent welcome bonus and use the promo code locked 15 when you go to bet online bet online is really it's a great platform and they have a new platform they have a new mobile website and they have a new just feel it's a new feel and you can go to bet online today Go play. This is the best time of the year. March Madness is coming up. Can't wait for that. Baseball is coming up. It's a great time to go play at Bet Online. So head over there. Check out our friends at Bet Online. Talking more about extensions, service time. So the reason I say anybody's an extension candidate because if you look at like Austin Martin, and this is something the White Sox have done with most of their guys. Their top prospect, Luis Robert, Luis Robert, Luis Robert. Either way, Luis Robert extended big time. He got a big time. I think it was an $80 million extension and they had six years of team control minimum on Luis Robert. So they had, they had that team control, but the White Sox look at it and Rick Hahn, their GM looks at it and he says, Hey, we think we can get excess, excess value because if we extend Robert beyond those six years in his age 28 or 29, 30 season in his prime, there's no way that even in that extension, he's going to be, if he reaches the ceiling, we think he can reach there's no way that that salary is going to be too rich for his blood or too rich for our blood, I guess, is what it should be. So they guarantee him that money. And for Robert, you guarantee yourself 80 million bucks or whatever it is for the future. And that's big for him, too. So it goes both ways. And we talk about the twins. Again, a rise is interesting because he has four years. He's going to make two million in his first year of arbitration. Then he'll probably make four and six and eight. So, again, you're getting surplus value on a rise. He's not going to cost you a huge amount of money in an extension. So it's interesting to think about because there's just there aren't a lot of scenarios where he doesn't play out an extension in a favorable way for the team because of all the reasons I've mentioned. For Jose Barrios, he wanted to get paid market rate, and he's different because he's one of the best, what do you think, 30, 35 starters in baseball. He's a he's a high end number two, low end number one when he's when he's going right. He wanted to get paid 
like that. All guys want to be paid for who they are, and you can debate whether the Twins should have paid Barrios that earlier on. They probably should have extended Barrios when he had four years left of team control because once a player gets close, and for Barrios, who was an all-star in 2019, for him, he's so close to free agency. Why is he going to take less money? Why does the guarantee matter to him if he's already making decent amounts of money in arbitration? So that's why you try to get players early. When you're extending them, you try to get them before they reach arbitration because the closer they get to free agency, the less likely it is for them to sign an extension. That's why the Byron Buxton extension was so unlikely because Buxton has one more year until he's a free agent. And even if Buxton's hurt for much of 2022, he's going to sign some big one-year deal. And then maybe if he's healthy, he just keeps doing that and you keep making that one-year deal money. But that's why it was so unlikely. That's why I didn't think it was going to happen because I'm like, why? Why would he do that? But Buxton guarantees himself $100 million plus if he stays healthy. So I, I don't blame him for signing that either. Like, I probably would sign that too. But to maximize his payday, you would think that he would wait a year, see what happens in 2022, see if he's traded, see what you know what happens in his market. He didn't, and it was unlikely for that to happen. It usually doesn't happen that way, only for you know guys who the team really values or you know who a team that the player values, right? Um, I hope that wasn't just word vomit. I hope that was actually helpful. And when we look at extension candidates, we look at Luis Arise, we look at Mitch Garver, who's two years away from free agency. You look at Taylor Rogers, who's a free agent after this season. It's super important to always be thinking about it. Always be thinking about the future. And it's never too early to discuss it. Like everybody's an extension candidate. Royce Lewis is an extension candidate. There's always opportunities for a team to find value via extensions and for a player to secure money via extensions. So just keep an eye on it. It's going to be a topic we we definitely cover in spring training and we cover throughout the years who could potentially be extended because it comes fast. It comes really fast. All of a sudden, guys are a year away from free agency and you're not talking about an extension anymore. You're talking about how they might be traded. Jose Barrios, a year left, a year and a half left before free agency. We, we weren't talking about extension anymore. We were talking about what team he's getting traded to. Uh, at that point, I didn't think he would be traded, but he was. And that just kind of shows you how quick it can come and how fast this can this can happen. And things change on a year to year basis. It's just crazy. Uh, but for someone like Mitch Garver, I think is a good example with two years left. So he has two years left until he's a free agent. Two more seasons. Mitch Garver goes out there next year and gets 500 plate appearances, a DH and a catcher and hits, you know, did what he what he did in 2019. He does what he did in 2019. Gar There's no way Garver's signing a team-friendly extension at that point, right? Because he's going to play out 2023 and then go into free agency. Uh, but I think now is an opportunity for the Twins to sign Garver and for Garver to secure money for the future. And that's what happens if you wait. You risk it when you wait. You risk you know, what happened, I would say, with Jose Burrios when you wait. Um, immediately signs an extension with Toronto. That was a market-level deal. But you risk that, definitely. So I think they should always be thinking about it. I admire what the White Sox have done with their stars, with their core, extending almost everybody, Eloy Jimenez, Luis Robert, Tim Anderson, all those guys extended. And I I like that. You know, I've, because like I said, 80, 90% of the time, those players are going to outplay that contract because they're all team-friendly deals, like everything, by definition, team-friendly. So Twins should be aware of it. We'll talk more about this and more about extension candidates in the future, but I just wanted to give you a quick rundown of what we're looking for and what we're looking at here. Um, tomorrow, we're going to go a little bit more in depth on Arise, on Rogers, on Garver. Uh, I want to talk about prospects this week, too. We're going to start my prospect countdown probably on Thursday. 
um, counting down the top prospects and my top breakout prospects. We did a few weeks back, but we're going to do that as well. So can't wait. Thank you so much. Follow me on Twitter at Nash Walker nine, follow the show at locked on twins, subscribe on YouTube, wherever you get your podcast, we're pushing on go twins. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. Go twins. And thank you for making locked on twins. Your first listen every day. We are free and available on all podcast platforms. Now make your second listen locked on bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked on bets is hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms. Thank you again. Go. Twins.